Hi, this is Dave Olson. I'm the senior leader of Heartland Church located in Ankeny, Iowa. I hope the following message challenges, encourages, and ultimately changes you. Thanks for joining us. I'm going to ask Zach Terrell and Clark Collier to come on up here. Uh, Zach and Clark are starting a church in Kansas. And, uh, yep, grab that. And I don't know if I turned that off. Did I turn that off, guys? Come on up here, guys. And I want them to share. I want us to be able, we're going to get behind them. Uh, We're going to lay hands on Zach's wife, Sarah, this morning, as well as Clark. They're going to be ordained this morning. Uh, But I also wanted them to share about the church that they are planting, and we want to be able to get behind that financially. We want to stake our claim in Kansas. Amen? So go ahead, guys. Amen. Praise God. Oh, they turned it on, huh? (laughs) <laughs> I am going to tell you who, who we are and, and what we're doing, but uh, I really, I just can't come here without at least taking a second to give God glory for what he's doing in this house. Can we do that? <laughs> Praise God. Jesus! Yeah, I praise God for you. Uh, And I praise God for your pastor, Pastor Dave. Uh, He's been a blessing to us. And, you know, the scripture says, uh, how would they go unless someone send them? And uh, and you guys are doing that with us. And so uh, we are uh, become church. Um, I love the way that it says it in Genesis chapter 39. It says about Joseph, it says, God was with Joseph, so he became. And, uh, And so, you know, there's more to life than who you will be. It's also who you'll become. You know, Jesus in Matthew chapter 10, verse 25, he said, it is enough for the disciple that he become. And uh, in Romans 28 says that your destiny is to become. It says it this way. It says those whom he predestined, he also, uh, pre- uh, those whom he called, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of Jesus. And so that's who we are. We are become church. We are becoming conformed to the image of Jesus. And it's our passion that other people would also become conformed to the image of Jesus. Yeah, praise God. And so we also believe that just like Joseph, that becoming comes from beholding. We, be, we believe that transformation comes from the presence of God. And so that's what we're doing right now. We're, um, we're holding uh, encounter meetings uh, with the emphasis on hosting the presence of God because it's our belief that if people encounter Jesus, they'll become like Jesus. And so that's what we're doing right now. We've, uh, we've had a few meetings. Uh, about 75 people uh, came to the last one. Um, and so we're, uh, that's what we're doing. We're, our goal is to build a house for God for his pleasure and glory alone. That's why we exist. And so uh, we want to thank you. Um, I want to honor you. I want to honor uh, Pastor Dave and also Clark and the ministry, the heritage that we have through this house. Uh, so one more time, can we just give up for Jesus? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So after you listen to me talk a little bit, you'll see why he's the lead and the preacher and I'm the executive. Uh, first of all, it's just an honor, a privilege, and a pleasure to be here this morning with you. Um, I wanted to just briefly talk, and and Pastor Dave said we had about seven minutes, and they're going to mute the mic at that point. So I'm I'm looking at my notes so that I can be efficient and respectful of your time. But I wanted to briefly talk about the relationship that Diane, my beloved, and I have with the Terrells, our shared vision for the church, and then, of course, our relationship with Pastor Dave, sweet dear Kathy, and why Heartland. 
And so we've, we've known the Terrells for about seven years. We met them at another church that we were serving at together. And they, something that was unique about them is they kind of sought us out. They sought Beloved and I out. And they really wanted to meet with us about once a month for meals, either at our house or their house. And if y'all know Beloved and I, you would realize the reason for that's Diane. P- people typically, uh, they tolerate me, but they, they really love her. That's true. That's true. So during that seven years, we've really gotten to know the Terrells. I love their hearts. I love their character and the five treasures that they have. And they really are treasures, their children. Uh, also, Zach's become like a son to me. My oldest son is about Zach's age. I think Matthew might be a, year, a month older than Zach, and he's become like a son to me. A couple of years ago, Zach's father died. And one of the special things that Zach enjoyed with his father was he would text pictures and things of activities the treasures were involved in for his father and the father would text back and things and so after his father died he connected with me and we had lunch together and he asked Clark can I send you those pictures and texts now and that just I, I that just really touched our hearts and that cemented our relationship and I pledge not to cry I'll do my best I'm kind of the crier in the family um, so about a year ago, they came to us, almost a year ago. They had spent some, a season of time in prayer and fasting. And they believed that God had called them to start a pioneer new work there in Kansas City. We're in South Kansas City. And they, they asked, what's the next step? And they asked if Diane and I would join them in pioneering the work, that I would be the executive pastor. And so we promised that we prayed about that. And As some of you might realize, well, speaking of executive pastors, I understand that Heartland has an awesome executive pastor, and I know that he's been a real blessing to this house and to my dear brother, Dave Olson. Um, As you might know, the relationship between the lead pastor and the executive pastor can be compared almost like to a marriage, so it's very important that we work in unity together. Strengths and weaknesses, perhaps in my weaknesses, he's strong and vice versa. There also needs to be a common vision, laser focus, and unity. And so um, we're like-minded in that. We're not interested in just starting any old church, another church. There's plenty of churches in Kansas City. Uh, We exist to fulfill our pleasure for God and God alone. We exist to fulfill our purpose for God's pleasure, for him and him alone. We're not building the Collier's kingdom. We're not building the Terrell's kingdom. We're only building his kingdom. We've stated that God's presence is preeminent and foremost. If God's presence isn't going to be in our house, shut the door. There's no reason for us to meet. Our target audience is God himself. We're inviting others in Kansas City to join us as we minister unto the Lord. In and of ourselves, although Zach has more to offer than I do, but in and of ourselves, we don't have a lot to offer. But by the power of the presence of God inside of us, there's two rails that our church is going to be Uh, running along, and it's going to be encountering the presence of God, because that's how lives changed, as Zach said. And then the other is going to be a timely, fresh word from God's word, because um, that's where you're going to get healthy people from. Um, After praying about a month, Diane and I spent a whole month praying about it. Uh, We accepted their request, and we believe that God directed us to work together. Because we are structured as an independent church, accountability and credibility are very important, and that's where Heartland comes in. 
Dave and Kathy have been part of the Collier family for over three decades. To my parents, Dave and Kathy, they're like their, their children. To me, I have another brother. And we have a wonderful relationship together. Um, we also share a common bond. We, Diane and I have a, an adult special needs son. And that common bond has been very uh, special through these years with Dave and Kathy. So because of this over three-year, 30-year relationship, because we share a common vision and heart like Heartland, uh, it just was natural that this was the choice for us to partner with, for me to get my ordination with. Additionally, Pastor Dave's accepted our request, Zach and my request, to be uh, one of our external overseers. So Pastor Dave's on the overseer council for our church. Additionally, I wanted to thank John and Laura for their leadership and Heartland Alliance, as well as everything they do in Heartland Church. So with that, uh, please remember us in prayer. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. I want to give you an opportunity to get behind this financially. You can do it the, the various ways you give your tithe and offering. You can put something in that box back there. You could do it online. You could slide a check underneath the door if you want to do that. Make sure it's the right door. Uh, but just if you go online, uh, just write Become Church on the, the giving line there, and then we'll make sure everything gets to them. And uh, we want to help them out get behind this. You know, it was interesting. We got Bob Hazlett coming soon. And many of you know, Bob is one of our external overseers and a, a strong, recognized prophetic voice. And it was probably, ah, man, it, was, it would have been around 2003, maybe. No, I, I don't know. I, I'm terrible at dates. Anyway, Bob, gave, he was preaching one night. Some of you will remember this, maybe. Uh, but he stopped right in the middle of preaching, and he began to prophesy over me. And he said, I see them looking for a covering. And I had stepped down as a presbyter with the denomination that I was with at that time. And he said, you've stepped down, but God has chosen you. And I knew he was talking about our house. And he said, I see them looking for a covering. And he named some cities, one of which was Kansas City. I totally forgot about that until this mor yesterday morning. Uh, but he, he had, and so when he prayed that over me, I went on the floor, man. I laid down and uh, I saw suspended in the air these golden letters. They were liquid gold. They were on fire. They were alive. And it said the Heartland Alliance. And I knew it was a play on words. It was an alliance of ministries Heartland would start. But it was also an alliance of ministries for the Heartland of America. Uh, and so it would, we'd partner with other ministries and come alongside them and partner with them. And they'd come alongside us. And we're better together. And so uh, out of that came the Heartland Alliance. And so uh, this morning we have the privilege of ordaining Clark Collier and Sarah Terrell in just a few moments. We're going to lay hands on them. But I want to talk for a few moments about what all that is about. Uh, you know, it's, it's more than just paperwork. It's more than just saying, yeah, you know, we're going to put our stamp of approval on somebody. Uh, ordination is a very serious and important thing. And it goes way back into human history, way back into God's redemptive history where God will choose men and women to lead people and he will put his anointing on them. And what man does is man simply lays their hands on people to acknowledge what God is already doing. We don't anoint, we can't cause an anointing to come on someone that isn't already recognized by God. But there is an impartation that can happen. Now, those of you that have been attending on the Wednesday night services, we've been going through the foundations and supernatural ministry and this coming week... 
Pastor Christopher, well, I guess uh, traveling minister Christopher, he's in Alaska this week. Uh, he'll be back for Wednesday night. He's going to do another session, and then I'm going to be doing a session on impartation. And we're going to talk more in depth in this, but this is a, an important subject, this whole thing of impartation, because impartation is literally God, God will release a fresh anointing on somebody through another individual. And we need to understand that that is a very important principle in the kingdom that we can receive of other people, we can receive from other people. God will honor that. And uh, many of you have been familiar with many of the stories we've told over the years of that happening here and uh, those that have come in and spoken into this house, uh, the, the anointing they receive through impartation. Uh, the, probably the most famous one in this house would be Leif Hetland, uh, where Leif received his impartation from Randy Clark. Leif was an unknown Baptist pastor in Norway. Randy Clark came through. Leif didn't even know who Randy was. He just showed up at a meeting and Leif, uh, Randy prayed for Leif. And when he did, the power of God came on him. And Randy gave him a word and he said, I see you as a bulldozer in the Middle East. There's great darkness in front of you and great light behind you. And tens of thousands, he may have even said millions of souls are going to come to the Lord through, in the Islamic world through your ministry. And uh, right after that, Leif goes home. He's a good Baptist, and signs and wonders begin to happen. He walks by a drug addict, and the guy begins to confess his sin. Leif hasn't even said anything to him. He just spontaneously confesses because of what was on Leif's life. And since that time, literally millions of Muslims have met Jesus through his ministry. But it turned on a dime. There is an impartation that God gives. But there's something we need to understand. And because we... We emphasize these type of issues, signs and wonders and impartation, encounters, all of those things, anointing. We are big on that in this house and in this culture, and rightly so. We wouldn't preach on it if we didn't believe in it. But there's another side, another dimension to our life in the spirit that we need to understand. And I would put it this way. There is a difference between the indwelling spirit that resides within and that we draw from and we learn to walk with and the anointing that comes upon us for others. Those are two distinct manifestations or facets of the ministry of the Spirit in our life. And if we don't make that distinction, we can get into dicey waters. There are people who have an anointing because of their assignment, but they don't know how to walk with the Spirit in their private life. It's a dangerous thing to have an anointing without intimacy. But there are people who have that. See, the, the indwelling spirit is a matter of intimacy with the person of the Holy Spirit. And I even felt it this morning, and I feel it right now. There is an invitation from heaven for you and I to enter into a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. It, it, we, we can know the Father, the Son, and the Spirit in a distinct way. There, there's, there are dimensions of the Godhead that the Father carries, dimensions of the Godhead that the Son carries, and dimensions of the Godhead that the Spirit carries. And we need, to have a, we need to know how to relate with the Father. We need to know how to relate with the Son, but we also need to know how to relate with the Spirit. We need to develop an intimacy with Him that when He shows up, we have a sensitivity and a tenderness. And that is not developed in the anointing. It's developed in intimacy. 
There, it, it, it's a matter of a personal history with the person of the Holy Spirit. It really is the difference between the gifts of the Spirit, which are a matter of power, and the fruit of the Spirit, which is a matter of maturity. There, there is no shortcuts on developing maturity. Now, some of us can prolong it so it looks like other people took shortcuts because they got there faster. But there are no shortcuts. There is a secret history with the Spirit of God that is largely wrought out in private, in secret with God, that develops the internal structure that can carry the anointing. Some of you have heard of, hey, the Steens, I love you guys. I didn't see you there this morning. Sorry, this is just a personal thing. Love you guys. Uh, there is, there are, uh, where was I? <laughs> Sorry. Got pulled out of it for a moment. The uh, Claudio Friedzone. Many of you have heard of Claudio Friedzone. He was a Argentine pastor. Uh, when he entered into ministry, he had a congregation of like three plus his wife. And he was such a timid person. He was in a storefront in, in Buenos Aires. And people would walk by the, the front window. And when they'd look in at him preaching, he would stop until they would leave. And then he'd start preaching again. He preached to three old, other old ladies, other old, three old ladies week after week. And uh, they were probably my age, okay? And uh, he was preaching to them. And, uh, but he was hungry for a move of God. He started to pray with a guy named, by the name of uh, Carlos Anacondia. He started praying with him because Carlos had this ministry that was really moving. And so they would have prayer together and something began to get on him. He received an impartation from Carlos Anacondia. And he started another church and that thing began to move. It began to grow. It grew to several thousand. And then he, he went, he read a book called Good Morning Holy Spirit by a guy named Benny Hinn. Now this is gonna stretch some of you because you really have doubts about old Benny. I'm gonna tell you something. Sometimes God will package what he wants to do in uncomfortable packages in people that comb their hair weird and wear weird suits. Or wild shirts. Or really conservative dress. Whatever. Because he will offend your mind to test your heart. So Claudio heard Benny Hinn. And he, so he flew into Orlando to go to a service at his church. And at the end of the service, he cornered Benny Hinn. He said, would you pray for me? This is when Benny was still pastoring in Orlando. And he took his jacket and put it on him and said, receive it. And... Uh, he received, and he went back home. Didn't really feel a whole lot, but he went back home, and he, at the first service he was preaching, and as he was preaching, he made a motion to one of his ushers. He said, hey, over there, and he went like this, and one whole section fell out under the power of God. And he thought, whoa, it's loaded. I didn't know. Better holster that. And that launched him into a worldwide healing ministry that he received an impartation from Benny Hinn. And so there's such a thing as, as impartation. I say all that to give the backstory. I heard Claudio say this, and I thought, that is a profound statement. I've never heard anybody else say it, but I know what he means. I know the enticement, the allurement of trying to beat what is true. And what, I, what he said was this, that the anointing does not sustain a man, a man sustains the anointing. You cannot live off the anointing. 
But I'm going to tell you, for preachers and for ministers and any, any of you that have ever been in a situation where the Spirit of God comes on you, there is an afterglow to that. I, I know I'm a better dad if I, I come out of an anointed, an anointed service or I, man, maybe there's a series of meetings and man, the Spirit of God is on me. I'm a better dad for several hours and even several days if it was really heavy. I'm serious. And there's an enticement to try to live off of that rather than that secret relationship with the Lord. But it's really, we, we have to carry the anointing. The word instruction and inform, think about that. You're, that is internal formation and an internal structure that is wrought within us in the secret place that can bear the weight of what God wants to release upon our life. And so it's not about, we don't live off the anointing. Bill Johnson has this great phrase. He said, the spirit of God is in me for me, but he comes on me for others. He probably gets that from Isaiah 61. Jesus quotes it in Luke 4. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, comma, why? For he has anointed me, comma, and then it tells what he's anointed him for. The anointing is for a specific purpose. The anointing is missional. The anointing is for a reason. God comes on us to do things for others, but he resides within us for ourself. And this is what we live from. We learn to live with the abiding spirit of God. We, the, anointing, it, it's, the anointing that comes on us for ministry is not the anointing that breaks the yoke. The, the, what breaks the yoke in our life is that intimacy with him. When, when scripture says the anointing breaks the yoke, literally it means oil or grease. And what it means, it's the fat, the, the grease came from the fat. And literally one translation is that you outgrow the yoke that once bound you. You literally grow out of it. That's what that means. The anointing breaks the yoke. And so we mature to the place, we grow into things so that those limitations, those things that once limited us and held us back and tried to keep us in bondage and the enemy yokes us to things that as we continue in that living relationship with the Holy Spirit, we actually grow out of it and those things break off of us. It's a matter of character as opposed to gifting. And so here's the thing, when, when people, when you lay hands on people for ministry and recognition for ministry, you've got to be careful who you do that with. Paul said, lay hands on no man suddenly. What he was talking about is ordaining people for ministry. You don't endorse gifting alone. Now that's great. And the, the, there's this thing, this mystery all down through church history biblical history and there's this thing that you and I tend to buy into that well if someone's anointed God must be okay with everything they do and that is simply not true if God anoints me in the pulpit that doesn't mean he was okay with me yelling at my kids on Saturday the anointing was not an endorsement of behavior it's for the purpose of ministry we're anointed for an assignment 
And you read of great men and women of God who fell, that God was using them powerfully in ministry. And then you find them, they they fall into adultery and financial scandals and all these things. And again and again, you'll hear them say, I began to think I was the exception to the rule. Because even though I did that thing, I fell and I repented and I got back up and I was anointed. And then I fell again and I repented. And then I just did it again and I got up and I was still anointed and I thought, well, God must be okay with this. So it's important for you and I to understand these are two distinct things. That the spirit that comes on us for others is not an endorsement of how we live our life behind the scenes. And we, if we have that relationship with him behind the scenes, he will deal with our hearts. The spirit of God is that, that disciplinarian Watchman Nee. Any read, read anything by Watchman Nee? He has a great book. I want to say it was called Changed into His Likeness. Anyway, he, he asked this question Why is God known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? And he said it's because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all had a unique experience with God that really fills out how God deals with us. And you can't just look at Abraham, you can't just look at Isaac or Jacob. And so then he he develops that and says, Abraham's relationship with God was that he was a first generation believer and he received everything as, just received it as a gift from God. Jacob received things, he, he had that relationship with the son and he was the son and he was receiving an inheritance and he works that. And then he got to, Jacob was the man who knew the disciplinarian nature of the spirit to develop us into who we're called to be. I remember reading that book many, many years ago and I stopped when it came to Jacob. It was just too heavy. He's the indwelling pedagogue is what Paul refers to him as. He, he leads us and he, he develops us. He's the spirit of sonship that grows us up into the image of Christ. And so we don't just ordain gifting, we have to endorse character. And every one of us, there have been recent situations in the last, especially in the last decade, where people in this house have received greatly from people who were very anointed, only to find out after the fact that there were some scandalous things going on behind the scenes. And it can be very disillusioning. And people stumble over that and they end up in some wrong conclusions. Well, that must not have been real. What happened? Not necessarily. What Samson did was real, both good and bad. Somebody can be anointed for a task and be a wreck in their private life. That's one of the questions I'm certainly going to ask the Lord about. But he's smarter than me, so I'll just humbly acknowledge that that happens. Doesn't mean those things weren't real. And it also doesn't mean that we can get slanderous and accusatory and just throw those people out of the body of Christ. We need to keep that middle ground. Mercy towards their lives, but keep, keep a strong line. There is a standard that is required for leadership. And if they're not living it behind the scenes, they need to be benched until they do. 
And we don't, we don't tolerate those things. That's why it's very important. As we, we have external overseers here. We've got a board. I've got spiritual fathers that spank me. You, know, you think I'm joking. And, uh, and we, we provide that for others. We, all, we need mutual accountability. We all need that in our life. Because this thing that God is doing in the earth called the kingdom is so precious that we don't want to derail those things. And so I just want to stress to you this morning, let's come away with this, that there is a difference between the anointing that comes on us and the secret intimacy we have with the indwelling spirit. And this is the foundation for this. And what happened, that's why Jesus, he would be out ministering and the crowds would be pressing in upon him. And you know what he would do? He would withdraw from the crowds and they would be hearing where he's at and they'd be chasing him down. But again and again, Jesus would withdraw from the masses. But you think, well, the opportunity, the need, the greater need was that he continue to nurture this in eternal, secret history, this friendship with the Holy Spirit, allowing the Spirit to deal with him. Because the danger is we begin to believe that we're the exception to the rule. The anointing makes you look better than you are. That's why, that's why God gives preachers spouses and children because they know the real them. That'll humble you. You go back home, you know. It, uh, they know the real me. I'm, I'm just so grateful they didn't shout out amen. <laughs> they are making eyes at me though. So it's very important we understand that. Uh, so without further ado, we want, to, uh, we want to move into ordination. Let me just explain a couple things real quick here. Ordination in the New Testament. T today we have organizations and we have corporations because we got to interact with, you know, governments and so forth. Uh, but in the New Testament, Paul would say things like, hey, if you believe in my ministry, receive this one in my name. And that was a way to assure the fidelity of ministry and the integrity of people. And then there were times where Paul would get up and say, hey, mark that man. He's divisive. And they, they would talk about those things publicly because it was very important that the, the fidelity of ministry be guarded. There's a very real thing. You, you reproduce you in ministry. <laughs> there are a lot of good things about this church. I'm a little biased, I know. But there's a lot of good things about this church. But you know what? There's some things that we need to work on. And that's because we need people to help your pastor. There are... Like Clark said, there's, there's weaknesses that we each have. We've got to staff those weaknesses and bring people in. Because we produce ourselves. And that's why we need to make sure that there is character in people's lives. And that we keep short accounts. And we have people that will speak into our life and talk to us about things. Pastor John, I'll never forget. It was three years ago, I think. He, was, he told me something. I asked him a question. He said, well, I, I do have some feedback. And I said, well, tell me. And he told me something. And I said, I don't think you're right. But I respect you enough that I will pray about it. I went home. And you know what the Lord told me? The Lord told me it's worse than he said. I'm serious. He really did. And I thank God for this man. Because there's things he sees that I don't see. Because of his gifting and his heart for God. And... Uh, 
that you guys are the beneficiaries of that little meeting that day. You really are. And so we need that in our life. And so ordination in the, in the New Testament is those who are trusted lay hands on those who aren't known yet by that group of people. We lay hands on them and we say, we're going to endorse them. We're going to put our name behind them. And we believe God for a transference of the anointing. Literally an impartation. Now I know Zach and Sarah, Clark and Diane are anointed individuals. I've so enjoyed talking. Zach and I talk on a Zoom call once a month. And I told him last time, I've really, matter of fact, I preached one of the messages I preached recently. I said, I was talking to a pastor and he said it was him. I have really enjoyed how his mind thinks and he's got me thinking about some things and, and uh, I can see why God would call him to feed the flock because it was feeding me. On the, it's feeding me on those calls. I know they're anointed, but I'm, I'm believing God that God will give them something this morning of what's on this house. That we've dug a well here that they can bring some jugs of water back with them while they're digging a well in Kansas. Amen? So I'm going to ask... Both couples to come up, Pastor Quimby, John, if you would come up as well. And uh, if you guys would come up here, and we're going to, and I'm going to ask you to stand. And I want you to release your faith this morning. We're, we're asking God to create an outpost of the kingdom in Kansas. That this thing would start with an open heaven. That's their desire. And we're going we're gonna to mix our faith, our cry with them. And so, Father, we thank you, God, for this couple. God, that you've ordained, you've, you have called to ministry. Lord, I thank you for Zach and Sarah. Lord, we bless them. And Father, I'm asking God that you would place a fresh anointing on them. Lord, what is on this house, Lord, I pray, God, that you would impart to them those elements that need to be reproduced there, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the word of God that richly dwells in Zach. Lord, we lay claim to that for Kansas. And Lord, we're asking that Become Church would become a multi-site congregation where what you've put in him would be multiplied across that region. And Father, we thank you for Sarah. Lord, we pray for her. God, we, we ask God that you would come upon her in a fresh anointing. Lord, I thank you for that writing gift. Lord, for that mothering gift, Lord, that she has. Lord, that she'll be a mother in Israel, a mother in the kingdom. And Father, I ask God that this first book that they're writing would be the first among many. Lord, I thank you for the partnership that they have. As I was praying for both, both of you couples this morning, I just was struck, I really felt strong from the Spirit of God that there is such a, a unique mix that God put between you and your spouses. It was such a perfect fit. What the one has, the other doesn't, and vice versa. Lord, we thank you for that. Father, we pray for Clark, Lord that there would be a fresh anointing. Lord, I thank you that you have appointed him for such a time as this. Lord, that all the training, all the experiences, Lord, have culminated for this moment in human history. And Lord, I thank you for what you're going to establish through Become Church. Lord, I thank you for Diane. Lord, sweet Diane. Lord, that gift of hospitality. Lord, that, that ability to make people feel special and welcome. 
Lord, I ask that it would be released as a canopy over this entire congregation. And Father, we're asking God that you would anoint this church, their team, their families. Lord, establish a Bethel, an open heaven. Lord, that when people come through like Jacob, Lord, that they would find rest and hear their prophetic destiny. Lord, that they would encounter who they're becoming. That you would introduce them to the future them through Become Church. And that this church would enable them to do just that, become who they're called to be. Hallelujah. Quimby, I want to invite you to pray as well here. And then John. Father, what a joy and a delight for you to be in these two couples and their families and for you to put them together for this time. And Lord, I'm asking that you would give them wisdom beyond their years and beyond their own experiences and that in each and every detail of the beginning of this church that you would speak very clearly to them And that still small voice that says, this is the way, walk you in it. Yes. I I pray, Father, that you would protect them uh, from pitfalls by being enabled by your spirit to see them in advance and be able to miss them and be able to walk in your way. And Father, for any enemies that would be raised up against this church and against these uh, ministers and against the congregation. I ask that you would give them yeah. wisdom and discerning yes. of spirits to be able to see yes. that and to fight it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of your Holy Spirit. Mm. I ask, Hallelujah. Father, that this, this seed that's being planted will blossom and grow. And Lord, it would be such a, an outpost that people from all around will see it and go to it. And Lord, I ask that you give them favor in the area among other ministries and not jealousy. I ask, Father, that you would give them such favor that they will want to get behind them and help them instead of being against them. I ask, Father, for health and strength and vitality and the ministry of your Holy Spirit to go forth in great amounts in order to minister to the folks in that area. Yeah. And then Lord, even over the airwaves, yeah. <laughs> through yeah. internet yes. and other, any other way you want to. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for the modern technology that yes. we have to get your word out. Yes. I pray for your blessing and your provision in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. John. Yeah, I just want to affirm what uh, Pastor Quimby was sharing. And when we started praying, I saw I saw streams gathering of streams under no matter where you meet a gathering of streams and so father i just bless that thank you lord lord that it would feed your people it would draw people to a fresh stream yes and it would feed in jesus name and lord i just declare a hedge of protection lord around their work lord their ministry yes their households And Lord, the financial provision that you have already brought forth in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, nothing the enemy throws at them shall prosper. Yes. Lord, protect their minds, their hearts, and their souls Mm. in Jesus' mighty name. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I, uh, while we were praying, I saw like workbooks, workbooks, and uh, I believe that you guys are going to be putting out some materials that other churches will be using. So just, you know, as God's giving you ideas, make sure you're taking notes for the rest of us. But I did. I saw workbooks. So hallelujah. All right. Um, sometimes we go long. So this is my way of getting, you know, I'm going to save these seven minutes for next week <laughs> so I can tag them on the end. But uh, I want us to close in prayer. We're going to pray for the children's workers because they're not going to know what to do when you come to get your kids. So, no, seriously, Pastor Zach, would you close us in prayer? Father, we thank you for this, uh, this opportunity to be refreshed in your presence. We thank you that you've called us uh, to become together. We thank yes. you that you have given to us everything that we need for uh, life and godliness in this age, but you call us to more and you give us yourself. Yes. God, I thank you that your presence rests on this place and I want to leave a blessing in this house, mm. God, that you would move the way that you want to move, mm. that you would touch the way that you want to touch, and that we might together become the way that you have yes. called us to yes. become. Lord, let your will be done here that you might receive all the praise and glory and honor. Lord, may your name be great in Ankeny, Iowa. May your mm. name be great in Spring Hill, Kansas. May yes. your name be great to the very ends of the earth. And may your Hallelujah. name be exalted mm. through our lives. Yes. God, we come together right now to give ourselves to you. Mm. knowing by the blood of Jesus that we can enter in before the throne of grace and that you have received us as your daughters and sons. Lord, we praise your name. We praise the name of Jesus, mm. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Have Hallelujah. your way in the midst of this church. Yes. We leave a blessing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory to God. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help more people hear this message, you can get the word out by subscribing and sharing it on social media. If you'd like to support the ministries of Heartland Church, you can do so at heartlandchurchonline.com give.